Another week, another Football Tailgaters podcast where we go over hot topics in the NFL. Let me introduce ourselves, starting with our Jets fan, Yams, Andy the Unbiased fan in the group, and myself, Aaron. I'm a Cowboys fan. So let's unpack uh, week 15 of the NFL and go over for our topics for today. It's going to be a, a relatively a short episode, right? We're going to be uh, moving on to just the main topics. Uh, we got a little bit to talk about. We are recording this uh, pretty early, more than usual. Uh, we're going over some cowboy stuff. I'm pretty disappointed in that, so I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Uh, we also talk about the Jets and Denver Broncos. We're going to go over them, and we'll also go over the Chargers. And then at the very end, we'll try and you know talk about fantasy in Week 16. So let's jump into it. Let's go over the absolute disaster that was the Dallas Cowboys versus the Buffalo Bills. That is a game and a half for me that I just experienced. And I'm just going to throw this question right away and get straight to the point and see what you guys have to talk about. So did the Dallas Cowboys show their true colors after the game against the Bills? Oh, the Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys. This was their opportunity to show us they don't just beat bad teams. They didn't show up as usual when it's against a good team. And I blame this on the coach. I knew it. They were. We would just have to wait a little bit longer for them to just show that they're not completely ready. Like I said, there's not really true teams in the NFC that they can show that they're like very competitive against. So, no, let me say that again. There's not that many competitive teams out there for the Cowboys on the NFC. So they're built. They're just beating up a whole bunch of teams that are under 500. And now when they go against a good team. That's what they show that they're not they're not ready. It's the same story every year after year. Yeah, I pretty much it is a pretty similar story for the Cowboys. They lost in a Cowboys fashion in many people can agree, even the the haters, the the people that just love trashing them when they get exposed. And this is just a team that was clearly not prepared going into a hostile environment. And, and you know, it it happens to teams, right? And we see this, you know, if you try to go into the statistics of it, right? They're undefeated at home, right? They've had like, what, 14 straight wins at AT&T Stadium. And whenever they're on the road, they struggle a lot. So that's something that I think they need to emphasize whenever they're going over the basics, right? They're going over their practice, right? They, they need to practice. They need to implement something that, you know, they can fix this. They can fix this issue because this is an away thing issue. I don't think that it's a, they can't be good teams. I think they're totally capable of it because they have the roster too. And I think they even have, you know, the majority of the coaching staff. I'm not saying Mike McCarthy's the best but he's not awful either, right? But obviously the highlight really of this is Dak Prescott and the defense. Even though Dak Prescott didn't play his best game, but this was an entirely, I, I think when, when it just came to this Buffalo game, it was more so the whole team was not prepared. They were underprepared. You, you see this from the other perspective when we looked at it from the Eagles side, right? Eagles didn't look prepared. Obviously their situation is a little bit different, right? They got a worse defense than the Cowboys. But yeah. Andy, uh, going based on that point, it's really hard to find a, a team here that can really prove to be unstoppable because I think even the 49ers are unstoppable and anything's going to happen this postseason. But no, Cowboys we, clinched this and it's fine. 
We just have to see what they do this postseason. They got Miami next. They need to prepare for this, or else it's not looking for them. It's not looking good for them in the playoffs. You know, and their weakness spot. Like, if any team wants to beat the Cowboys, the biggest thing that you have to do is just make them play from behind. You make yeah. the Cowboys play from behind, and they can't catch up. They can't figure it out. Their offensive Especially line if is they're horrible. Away. Yeah, and their defensive and their and their defensive schemes do not like play out well. So, yeah, that's the way to beat the Cowboys. Yeah, I wish I could ramble on more, but we're going to move on to Yam's team, the New York Jets. They had another game as well. They had a horrible game for them. Uh, Some questionable stuff happened too, right? Zach Wilson out of the game, whatever. Had that whole dehydration thing. But I'm going to jump into the question. So the New York Jets lose to Miami Dolphins. They didn't put up anything. It was 30-0. Miami absolutely dominated. So Yams. I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to have have you start with this. Um, what changes should the Jets make in this coming offseason? I don't know if I'm going to answer this calmly, but I am just so mad and I'm just so, so sick and tired of the same old Jets year after year. At this moment in time, you're asking me this question. I am ready to fire the whole coaching staff for the failure of not preparing this team properly. It's an embarrassment. I think if you fire the whole organization, the whole staff, it's just a huge mistake. It, it all went down when Aaron Rodgers went down for the beginning of the season. And we've all seen Zach Wilson year after year, and he's not the guy. So just keep the momentum there with the head coach, the GM. Get rid of the offensive coordinator, as we all saw that it wasn't ready. Get legitimate quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers. Draft the guy in the in the next year's draft, and just get prepared because you do have key players that are really good. You just have to have everything organized, and you and the defense that plays really well under Salah. It's just that he does doesn't seem like he has full control of this team. And I just want to rebuttal that. At what point do we stop using Rodgers as an excuse? It's the coaching staff. The coaching staff should still have this team prepared. Look at the Colts team. No, here's why. Because the Jets fully committed themselves to make this an Aaron Rodgers team. And that's why. Mm -hmm. This turned into an Aaron Rodgers team. This is the New York Aaron Rodgers. It's not the New York Jets. And that's the problem, right? And I've repeated this multiple times. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you believe this or not, but this is what happens because they, they, they didn't prepare themselves for a plan B. They weren't prepared for a plan B. They said, I, we're all in, right? You, you had, who was it? The owner flew, right, to go see Rodgers. He, he was, the whole team was planned around him. And now one piece, the main piece falls down. And it's all over. The dominoes, they're all crashing down. And you're out of the playoffs now for this season. And you've hurt yourself. You hurt yourself because you didn't have a plan B. They need to prepare themselves, have some depth, fix that old line. I don't know what they can do with the coaching staff because that's the Aaron Rodgers coaching staff. Can they really touch that? Is that something you can really touch without upsetting him, right? Without losing him? Salah, at this point, after this game, really, he's losing the team. He's losing the team. And you it's like it's like 
a lot of pieces are falling apart, right? And you're trying to like grab all of them all at once so they don't like crash down and break or whatever. Like I, I'm trying to come up with some kind of example here. Well, here's a perfect example. Look at Tom Brady when he went to Tampa Bay. If Tom Brady like gets injured and is out and they put their backup, which is Blaine Gabbert, they're not winning the Super Bowl. They are not winning the oh, Super yeah. Bowl. Even though mm-hmm. they had AB and Gronk, they are not winning the Super Bowl. It's the same situation. So... That's why that was Tampa Bay, and this is like you said, yeah. Aaron, the New York uh, Rogers, the, <laughs> the New York yep. Rogers team, the New so, York Rogers. Yeah, so that's unfortunate that it happened, and we're gonna have to wait until next season. But now, as the Jets organization, you know what you have to do in order for this not to happen yep. again next season. Yep. You have to get a legitimate backup quarterback. You need to fix that offensive line, and this mm-hmm. next year's uh, NFL draft, there's big time offensive linemen, especially left yep. tackles that you can solidify them. And sorry, Mekhi Beckton, it's time, your time, it's to, time go. to go. Get a, get a third or fourth go, round pick for him. He was him. letting everyone go untouched. And I hope Hackett goes. That offensive line uh, coach needs to go as needs well. Needs to go that tomorrow. Op- yeah, all those, tomorrow. Yeah, all Garbage. those offensive coaches need to go. Now, tomorrow. No, like I now. completely agree. Yeah. They, need a, they, they really need to sit down and, and they, they got to do a lot. They, they got to get themselves moving, right? Because this is... A Super Bowl ready team with Aaron Rodgers under the helm, right? But you got to protect the guy. So priority number one, offensive line, right? Get it through the draft, right? Get find some maybe off 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 season pieces, uh, uh, whatever it is. Uh, I I don't have anything off the top of my head, but they they need to figure out that offensive line. So I think that's priority number one for me as of now. Um, let's move on to the extras. Uh, let's go over the Denver Broncos and. The little drama that happened on Saturday with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. So there's some drama going on there. And the media took to ask questions uh, with Sean Payton. And, you know, he didn't really like that. He wants the media to respect the privacy between him and the quarterback, right? So he was upset about it. And he didn't, he didn't want the media, you know, getting all up in their business. So I'm going to ask you guys this, right? Is Sean Payton blaming the loss on Russell Wilson? You know, Sean Payne needs to take accountability for his own actions. He got outcoached and decided to take out his frustrations on Russell, which in my opinion was wrong. It wasn't Russell's fault. He failed to challenge three touchdowns. It's just a display of disres- you know, disrespecting your, your quarterback. It seems like Sean Payne is looking for a scapegoat for all of the wrongs that the Denver Broncos are doing. For example, he was blaming Hackett even before the season started. It's just pointing a finger and blaming Hackett for the destruction and or the he was already like waiting for this for not having such a good outcome for the Broncos so he's like if it doesn't come out well it's because of Hackett and right now we didn't win this last game because Wilson and he puts off a big show on the sidelines he knows there the cameras all are everywhere so if you keep yelling at your quarterback that way that looks pretty bad in my opinion so I think Champagne is just looking for, for somebody to blame. So it's whatever Champagne, I respect the part that he was saying that, you know, uh, respect privacy, whatever of between what's going on between me and the quarterback, right? Maybe, you know, some, some people like the privacy and don't want stuff to get out there because maybe they don't like that and it's distracting for them. But then I also respect a coach, which I think is a little bit better to take accountability and, and show that, hey, yeah, 
uh, this is what happened and I'm going to fix it because I'm the head coach, right? Take accountability, assert that confidence that you have of yourself as a head coach and I'm, we're going to fix this. It's okay. We're a team together. Everything's okay. Uh, whatever my emotions were, I don't know, it's, they got the best of me or whatever. Like just admit your wrongs. I can see a little bit of an ego of Sean Payton here and it's maybe what's going on. He has that, Um, I can't think of that uh, uh, word, but he, he thinks highly of himself. I think that's what it is. He's yelling at a 35-year-old man. It's not a rookie. It's not a 20-year-old. It's He's a 35-year-old man. He's an adult. It, it sh- Honestly, it shows that he might just hate Russ. He might just hate him. It's like from day one, he was telling Russ to stop kissing the babies, whatever that means. You're not running for public office. He's just trying to show, I guess, what you're saying, dominance. Well, they're stuck with Russell Wilson. They owe him like yeah. a bajillion dollars. So he's staying I'm there. sure upper management is going to be like, you guys got to work this out. For like, sure. Unless it, it explodes. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's not happening. Right. So they got some some kinks to work out. And I'm sure they probably do have their issues. Champagne, you know, he's an interesting coach, right? He he. Some can say that he could be a little bit overrated. But, you know, I don't think he's that bad of a coach. I think he's pretty good. And what he's done this season, right? He's completely flipped the switch on this team right he's turned this team around at the beginning it was not looking like it it, it was it was looking like it was going to be almost like last year right and it they were making fun of him whatever it is but i think that they need to work it out and they need to be maybe a little bit more transparent or something but i don't think it's going to happen it's something's hopefully nothing happens that gets you know out of hand and that team just blows up anyways let's move on to the next subject we're going to get into the last one uh, for our topics for today and talk about uh, the coaching position, the head coaching position. You know, Staley got fired. He got let go from the Chargers. And now, you know, the, they're looking for their next big head coach. Who's that going to be? Who knows? But, um, and you got something to say about this? What's the situation here? Yeah, I believe the head coaches of the NFL will stay away from being the Chargers head coach. And let me tell you why. The GM, Tom Telesco, secretly destroyed the Chargers. His first-round picks, Quentin Johnson and Kenneth Murray, were flops. Khalil Mack didn't show up last year, and he is playing pretty well this year, but is charging them $36 million next year, which means he will probably be traded or released. Wide receiver Allen and Williams are both charging the Chargers $67 million next season, so either both of them or one of them are going to be gone. Joey Boza is always injured and got paid a huge amount of money. Safety Darwin James is being paid like the best safety in the the NFL, which he's not. We all can agree Eckler did not perform well at all this year. The Chargers have the second worst cap of the league. So tell me which head coach would like to, or or coaches anyway, would like to take on this mess. I mean, you do have the... The head, uh, the quarterback, an amazing quarterback with Herbert, but you are going into a situation that you really cannot perform really well or make many changes. I think uh, most of the pieces that they have player wise, you know, when you're talking about the players, the pieces are there. And I think it is fixable to some extent. I think a good coach can go in there and, and fix it. But yeah, the, I think management wise, when it comes to all that and cap and all that kind of stuff, uh, track record of the manager general manager it's not that appealing for a coach i think what the appeal for the chargers is is that roster that stacked roster that they have is what is appealing to a coach and i think that i don't know who necessarily is going to be attracted to it we we don't know if they're going to come from college right 
We don't know if it's going to be maybe Bill Belichick, right? We don't know anything about that. It's too soon to tell right now. But I think as soon as this season is over, we're going to get a better idea of what direction they're going to go towards. It'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will be. But uh, it's just it looks really it doesn't look like that appealing of a job. I mean, everybody was saying that yeah. the Chargers is the best place to go to. That Champagne should have waited instead of going to the Broncos. He should have waited until Staley got fired because everybody was expecting a, that to happen, which it did. But just seeing from the outside, it it's not as glamorous as it seems once you're inside. I mean, maybe from all the coaching vacancies that are going to be available, it's still one of the best ones just because of the quarterback. But it doesn't seem like it's just going to be like, oh, a flip of a switch that it's going to be yeah. great because a lot of these players, key players, are going to be either gone or you're going to be taking a lot of that cap and you're not going to be able to put in other players that you then that are needed to make this team su- successful. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. But I think for now, yeah, I do kind of agree. It's not the most attractive job to take but i think what maybe some of them are definitely looking into is that roster and i think that roster is definitely the highlight of it and it's going to be one of the main reasons why whoever signs with them right as a head coach is going to be that reason is the roster um are we going to go over fantasy updates and week 16 picks right yeah okay let's start with fantasy updates what do you got for us for week 17 sorry week 16 (laughs) Fantasy Week 16 updates and pickups. We have Jake Browning, the quarterback from the Bengals. He's rostered in 47% of the leagues. He had two touchdowns and passed for 324 yards this last game against the Minnesota Vikings. After that, we have the running back for the Bengals, Chase Brown. He's rostered in 15% of the leagues. He had 115 yards rushing, and his workload increased the same amount as Joe Mixon. So if you need a running back, I would pick him up. Lastly, I have Zamir White, the running back for the Raiders. He's rostered in 15% of leagues, and he ran for 123 yards and had a touchdown. With Jacob still hurt, he might be a a running back that you would like to pick up. I'm just going to be telling you to just watch if Jacobs comes back or not. But this is the time to just be very, very careful because this is the fantasy (laughs) playoffs. Yeah. Cam is up here, so make it count. And I think, yeah, Jake Browning, honestly, surprising for me. He's It's what he's done, pretty surprising. And he's shown up. And I like his energy, too. I don't know if you guys saw the clip of him yelling at the camera. It's been all over social media yeah. of him saying to his previous team that they shouldn't have cut me. I love that energy. And yeah. I hope the best for the Bengals because I like them as a team. Revenge games. I don't like him as a team. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you know. They're in the playoffs and your team isn't. Oh, that's tough. I don't know what to say to that. No? All right. No shots fired. <laughs> Will they still be there? Should we still have three you weeks never left? Know. Yeah, yeah, this they could. I mean, I don't know their schedule, honestly. I don't know what they have coming up. But anyways, you're going to tell us what their next game is, maybe, yep. for week 16 picks. Yeah. Uh, so we have the week 16 NFL picks. We'll start off with Thursday night football. We have the New Orleans Saints against the Los Angeles Rams. Now, the Saints did pull off a win uh, this last Sunday, and the Rams also came up with a win, almost losing it to the Washington Commanders. But for this particular game, I'm going to take the Rams. They do have big time weapons at offense, and the defense did show up against the Commanders, and I think they can do a good job against the Saints. So I'm picking the Rams. Next up, we have on Saturday afternoon, we have the Bengals against the Steelers. You know, the Bengals with Browning, they've been 
doing extremely well and they've been uh, ha- i guess the weapons that they have like mixon and then the run the new running back chase brown and then chase they've been doing really well and the steelers man they've uh, there's been a lot of talks that coach tomlin should be in the hot seat so for that reason i'm going to be taking the Bengals. they feel like they are more organized and ready to go saturday night football we have the Buffalo Bills against the LA Chargers. Man, we just saw the Buffalo Bills destroy the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody thought, a lot of people thought that the Cowboys would be able to win this game. Vegas didn't. They had the Bills favorite. And I think the Bills are going to be favorite for this game as well because I do believe the Buffalo Bills are going to be destroying the Chargers without without the debacle of Staley that was there for so long and so and many many people were waiting for him to be gone so I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills next up we have the Browns against the Texans now the Browns with Joe Flacco they looked really well against in these last few weeks and they continue to look well because they did win against the Chicago Bears so out of nowhere Flacco is coming back to his old self and the Texans uh, unfortunately, with C.J. Stroud, they look a team that has has very much a lot of difficulty. So I'm going to be taking the Browns just because they look like the better team for this particular matchup. Next up, we have the Dallas Cowboys against the Miami Dolphins. The Cowboys, unfortunately, look like their old selves, that they can't beat really good teams. And the Dolphins is a really good team. But I do believe that the Cowboys are able to contain Tua and not be able not not make him show up as much as he has less as he did against the Jets and the Cowboys are going to bounce back I believe and that's why I'm going to be taking the Cowboys Sunday night football we have the New England Patriots against the Denver Broncos the Patriots unfortunately they're not the old Patriots that we've that we are used to seeing they are a horrible team they just lost against Kansas City uh the coach is going to be leaving after the season. We got reports. And the Denver Broncos, even though they did lose, I still think that they have en- enough weaponry. And with the with Sean Page- Payton as the, coaching, as the head coach in the helm, he's going to be able to figure out and beat this Patriots defense. I'm going to be taking the Broncos. Monday night football morning, we do have, for Christmas Day, we have the Raiders against the Chiefs. The Raiders steamed rolled out of, uh, they steamed rolled the Chargers. And even, and they're the reasons why Staley's out of a job. But the Chiefs, I still think they're the one of the top teams in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes, the, he knows how to beat the Raiders. Uh, and he's going to be ha- having a field day with Kelsey. So I'm going to be taking the Chiefs. Christmas afternoon, we have the Philadelphia Eagles against the New York Giants. I believe Hertz is going to be back for this particular game out of his illness. And unfortunately for Danny DeVito, he's not going to be showing his Italian, his, his Italian stallion self. So I'm going to be mm. taking the Eagles as the, best, as the better team. Christmas night, we have the Baltimore Ravens against the best team, in my opinion, in the NFL is the 49ers. Should I say anything else? It's going to be the 49ers. They have offense, offensive weapons. They have a defensive weapons. They're just the total package. And Baltimore Ravens, even though there are one of the best teams of the AFC or not even or maybe even the best team of the AFC, it could be a, a Super Bowl preview, but I'm going to be taking the 49ers. And those are the picks for week 16. Your track record hasn't been the best. This season has been crazy. I I think this season, yeah. 
it's pretty fair to say it has been pretty unpredictable. And honestly, in this room, right, between the three of us, we're not in our best moods because either, you know, fantasy related or our teams suck, right? Pretty upsetting. So, you know, the vibes are low. But hopefully next, this coming week, right, with Christmas, maybe Christmas Miracle, the Cowboys, they beat uh, Miami, hopefully, right? And I want to see good games between Baltimore, San Francisco. I think that would be a great game to watch. And I I have them, I have Baltimore as underdogs here. Um, they, The game just finished up, even though, you know, Jacksonville versus Ravens, Ravens won. Uh, you can say that Jacksonville, you know, they're not as good as we think they are, you know, because they're not looking as solid as maybe what the record may say, you know, even though they're going to make the playoffs, whatever it is. But I got them as underdogs of Baltimore Ravens. It'll be, I think it'll be pretty close because I like their defense and I like what Lamar Jackson and the offense are able to produce. But sometimes Harbaugh frustrates me. Um, I think other than that, no, uh, that's pretty much it. I don't think we have anything else. Um, you guys have anything? Any? No. You We're all out. Something. Go We're ahead. all out of the fantasy playoffs. We're all out. Yeah. This is oh. depressing, and we hate everything. <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, depressed. depressed. <laughs> really, really low. You can feel the 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 vibes here. They're very low. Anyways, that's gonna be it for us. Uh thank you guys for listening to the very end, right? Even though it's a depressing end, but hopefully next week is better. We'd love to see you guys giving your opinion with us on our social media, which is football underscore telgators on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Thank you guys again for listening and we'll see you guys in the next episode.